It's important to know who we are and our true identity. It's not in our past, not in people, not in our feelings, not in our career, not in our education. It's not where we were brought up. It's not our family pedigree. You know, the big thing right now is to do all of this Ancestry.com and to find out who your parents really were or who your ancestors were. But, you know, I'm always a little cautious about advising people to do that. You may not want to shake that tree too hard because it could be very possible that that family tree is full of a lot of nuts. You might not want to know about that. Anyhow... Our true identity. Where does it come from? When we get born again, our true identification comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Who we are in him and what he has done for us. Last week we established the fact that Paul, he said this and we'll look at it in a moment. The apostle Paul wrote this. I was crucified with Christ. What does that mean? It means the old man died. When Jesus was on the cross, we're getting ready to celebrate Easter. Thank you, Jesus, for the supreme sacrifice that you made on the cross. But when he was on the cross, you and I were on his mind. And our old sin nature died that day. This is what the Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 2 in the NIV. He said, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. A wonderful apostle of faith, T.L. Osborne, he said this about our born again experience. He said, when I got born again, little I moved out and big Christ moved in. Hallelujah. We're not who we used to be. Everybody do this. The greater one. Lives in me. Isn't that wonderful? And that greater one gives us world overcoming power. So tonight we want to just take a little bit of time and look at some more facts about he is alive in me. He's alive in me. Are you glad that our God's not dead? Our God is not dead. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living because he lives in me. Glory be to God. Well, Ephesians tells us a few important things today. He lives. Would you like to sing? He lives. He lives. Maybe on Easter we'll get pastor to sing. He lives. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. We'll look at these in the New King James. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Is that something to shout about? And he loved us even when we were dead 
in trespasses. And this is what he did. He made us alive together with Christ. And this is how we got saved. Did you get saved by your own merits? Did you get saved because you worked real hard at it? No. How do we get saved? By grace. You have been saved. Thank God for grace. We could sing another old song. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Amen. Thank God that we are saved by grace. And then it goes on in verse 6. And he raised us up together. And he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He made us alive in him. I heard this recently. That the key to the truth of the epistles and the epistles were the books are the books in the Bible that the apostle Paul wrote. And the key to the truth found in the epistles is in the prepositions. All right, class. Anybody know what a preposition is? A preposition is a word that connects a noun or a pronoun to the subject of the sentence. A preposition. Anybody? Can anybody name any prepositions? Come on, class. And for, with, by, and through are some that we will see throughout the epistles. Now, let me just tell you what some of these do in the in, in these writings by Paul. The preposition for shows substitution. Christ died. For us. Hallelujah. We're connected to the work that he did for us. Hallelujah. The preposition with shows identification. We just read it. We've been raised up together with him. So when we get born again, where Christ is seated, the authority that he has, what he possessions, gives it to us. We've been raised up together where? With him. Hallelujah. Now, how about through? The preposition through shows the application. Can anyone in here quote Philippians 4.13? I can do all things, and here's the preposition, through Christ who strengthens me. So you see how that works. And this is an amazing study if you want to go through it. The preposition in shows our union with Christ. Just found this out recently. Paul used the phrases in Christ. In him, in whom, more than 130 times in his writings, he had a revelation who we are in Christ. And you know what? When we get that same revelation, I encourage you. We got a little mini book over in the bookstore by Kenneth E. Hagin called In Him. In him, realities, or do it on your own. Just start going through the epistles and circling in him. And you know what it does to you? All of a sudden, you get rid of any identity crisis. 
You get rid of, I can't, I'm nobody. And you start saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you start realizing success comes in cans, not in can'ts. It's good to say, I can do all things. When we get born again, we get in Christed. <laughs> Christed. C H R I S T dash E D. We get in Christed. We get united and connected with Him. It might not be good English, but you get the point. How many of you are in Christed? Hallelujah. You're hooked up. You're joined. You're united with him. The Bible says that very clearly. This is what happens when we get born again. In 1 Corinthians 6, 17. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Listen to this illustration. What does that mean? It's like the bay of water. We live here in the San Francisco Bay Area. We see the bay when we cross many of the bridges. But the bay is connected to the ocean. And what's in the bay gets in the ocean. And what's in the ocean gets in the bay. You can't separate it. They're joined together. And that's what happens when we get in Christed. What's in him Get in us. Hallelujah. What is in him? Anyway, how about the same life? The same victory. The same joy. The same power. That's in him. Gets in us. Now tonight we're celebrating water baptism. And one of the ways that you acknowledge this union, this fact that I know that I'm in him and he's in me is by water baptism. Water baptism is an outward expression of what's already happened on the inside of you. How many of you over here, you candidates for water baptism, you know that you know Jesus lives in me. I'm connected with him. Water baptism is a doctrine of the church. Jesus himself was water baptized by John the Baptist. And we're following him in water baptism when we do this. And what it represents is when Jesus went down into the grave. We talked about him dying on the cross, right? And then he went into the grave, but he didn't stay in the grave. He went into the grave for three days and for three nights. But then what happened? He rose back up out of the grave. So everything that I'm talking about, it applies to water baptism. It represents my old man died with Christ, but my new man is alive in him. When you go down under that water tonight, you just see all your past, all that junk, all the sins getting buried right there under that water. And you're coming up into newness of life. Hallelujah. Water baptism doesn't save us, but it's an awesome expression of what's already transpired in our spirits. 
and water baptism. It's also a sign and evidence that I am taking off the old man and I'm going to walk in newness of life. I've got a new way of walking, a new way of talking, a new way of thinking. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3 verse 10 in the Amplified says this. And have clothed yourself with the new spiritual self. Woo. How many of you are new? Brand new in Christ Jesus. Which is ever in the process of being renewed and remodeled into fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image and the likeness of him. Who created it? I submit to you tonight that it's time for us to put on our new wardrobe. Be clothed with the royal robe of righteousness. Take off the garment of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. As you're baptized tonight, I just sent some of you. You know, maybe the devil's been harassing you about this and harassing you about that. You ought to come up out of the water going, Woo! I'm putting on the garment of praise tonight. Hallelujah. I'm taking off that robe of heaviness and I'm putting on brand new clothes. When seasons change in the natural, we got to get on a different wardrobe. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm just a hoping we're going to be able to bring out spring and summer clothes soon and very soon. But that's what happens when a season changes. You got to change around your wardrobe. Well, we've had a season change in the realm of the spirit. We're out of the kingdom of darkness and we are now in the kingdom of light. Hallelujah. And we're putting on those new clothes, putting on those new clothes. We got a fresh new identity in Christ. But too many Christians have no idea idea about their true identity in Christ. Well, that was a slip of the tongue. And that just reminds me, I have to tell you this joke. How many of you were not here last Sunday night? Ooh, that's a lot. Good. I got new victims. Okay. So I got to tell you this joke about knowing your identity. There was this hillbilly. Now, don't be offended. It's a joke. I say it's just a joke. But there was this hillbilly that was driving down out of the hills. Pick your state. I won't pick a state. Driving down out of the hills. He was pulled over by a highway patrolman. The highway highway patrolman said to him, Sir, you got any ID? He said, about what? Pretty good, huh? <laughs> That's worth telling twice. It's funny. <laughs> well, I'm asking you tonight. You got any idea about who lives on the inside of you? You know that you are created to do great Things You are created to soar. You are created to win. Too many of God's people, I got another story for you. Too many of God's people are like the chicken. Y'all want to hear the chicken story again? Some of you probably haven't heard it either. This farmer one day, he was out and about and he found this eagle egg. 
He, he knew that it had fallen out of the nest. So he thought, well, I'm going to take it back to my farm. He took it back to his farm and he found a setting hen. Do you know what a setting hen is? They're setting on a, they're setting on eggs to be hatched. So he slipped this eagle egg in there. This eagle one day, it, 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 uh, it hatched. It came out of its shell just like the other little chickens. So he thought he was a chicken. All of his life, he was scratching around in the barnyard with the chicken, looking, digging around for worms. And every once in a while, he'd look up and he'd see this eagle soaring over the sky. And he'd go, hmm, I wish I could do that. But I'm a chicken. I'm destined to scratch around in the dirt and look for worms. Well, one day this storm showed up and all the chickens ran to the hen house. You know, that's what chickens do. Chickens run. Chickens are scared. So these scared chickens ran to the hen house. But just by pure instinct, this little eagle, he'd grown now. He had these great big wings. Something in him said, jump up on that fence post. He jumped up on that fence post spread out his wings and the gust of the wind of that storm lifted him off of that fence post. He went higher and higher with his wings spread out. All of a sudden he realized, I'm not a chicken. I'm an eagle. I was created to soar. And he flew and he soared up above that storm. You know, too many of God's people, the devil has lied to you and he has kept your identity as a chicken. You are not a chicken. You are an eagle. Soar. Do great things. Reach your full potential in Christ Jesus. Don't let the enemy steal your identity. Be who God created you to be. He created us to soar in him. Now, lastly, I want to remind you that when we get born again, not only does our old man die, we get a brand new identity. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 in the Amplified. Therefore, If any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature all together. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. Can I get a hallelujah? Your spirit man was not refurbished or remodeled. The old previous spiritual condition has completely passed away and a brand new creation all together exists. Now, let me ask you this. We got a lot of young people in here tonight. This society that we live in is just fascinated with superheroes. Can anybody name any superheroes? Superman. Wolverine. Ooh, he's a bad dude. How about... Yeah, let's get some women in there. Wonder Woman. 
Iron Man. How about Batman? Anybody over here? Any superheroes? What? Thor. Ant-Man. All right. The Lantern. So what do all of these superheroes have in common? Superpowers. Now, if you don't want your kids to know this, cover their ears. They're not real. They're not real. Superman, Batman, Thor. These guys are not real. They don't really have supernatural powers. And anyway, I think superheroes are a counterfeit for you and me. Because God is the real superhero. And God produced the real thing. A man created in the likeness and image of God. A man, when he gets born again, that is a brand new creature in him, united in him, full of God's nature, full of God's ability, full of God's power. We have supernatural help. We've got abilities beyond what we've even tapped into because we got the greater one on the inside of us. Hallelujah. I'm excited tonight about people being water baptized. I'm excited that you are here tonight and we can all be reminded I'm a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. The greater one lives in me. He is alive in me. And as I just love seeing the young people in here tonight and the kids in here tonight. And I just want to say this to you. You are doing the right thing by serving Jesus. Superheroes out there in the world and all this stuff that pulls on the youth of today, drugs and all of that stuff to make people feel better about themselves. That's not the real deal. The real deal is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the answer for the world today. (laughs) Jesus will do for us what no one else can do. I've told you before, I was born again at a really young age. You know, such a young age, I don't even actually remember. I just always loved Jesus. But I do remember when I was 11 years old, in the Pontney Lake, I got water baptized. In like July of that year. And in August, went to a youth camp and got baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. What a year. Hallelujah. Water baptism and baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I just want to say this to all of you young people here tonight. Serving Jesus is fun. Serving Jesus is not losing in life. It's winning in life. Because I committed my life to Jesus at a young age. I've had so many wonderful Holy Ghost adventures. He took a little country girl from Oklahoma and dropped her down here in the Bay Area. At first, I wanted to say, what? (laughs) Kind of like Alice, uh, not Alice in Wonderland, Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. More like it in the Land of Oz. But God, when we serve him, it is 
an adventure. It's not a bummer. Hallelujah. It's a joy to serve Jesus. And I want to exhort all of the young people in here. Serve him from your young age. Glory to God. You won't have to know all of that garbage in the world. You won't have to get over all of these hangups and messed up and all of that stuff. Jesus. Jesus is the joy of my life. And I know he is yours too. Hallelujah.